reading is from Acts chapter 9, reading from verse 1 to 22. Acts chapter 9, reading from the first verse. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, because they heard the voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went And entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was with the disciples in Damascus and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues saying, He is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem among those who invoked this name? And has he not come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? Saul became increasingly more powerful and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please stand as Paul comes to the pulpit and brings us our gospel reading. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Then Peter said in reply, Look, we've left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man is seated on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Would you please sit down? Before I preach God's word, I'd just like to say a couple of things. Firstly, um, as you know, it is an ancient tradition that the Archdeacon of Bromley and Bexley refers to the seating facilities in this church (laughs) and how over his long ministry as Archdeacon, these things have changed Now, for those of you who are visitors and those of you who are looking from further afield, there used to be pews here, and now there are chairs. And this process of discernment took quite a long time. But there we go. I won't be able to do that again as Archdeacon, so I apologise for my indulgence, but I couldn't resist it. Um, And for those of you who are still struggling about the loss of pews... Get over it. (laughs) The other thing, more important, I want to say is that um, I have been coming often on St Paul's Day um, and uh, at other times as well um, to preach and preside and share in worship. And it's it's always been a joy. I've always felt very welcome and Bimby and Anthea have been very hospitable to me. They do a good breakfast, by the way. And, uh, yeah, I I have been blessed to come among you and um, Bimby's been very supportive of me and um, for that I do give thanks to God um, as I speak in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Two incredible passages. Familiar passages, and there's always a problem with familiar passages. Um, And I want to just begin by looking at that passage from the Acts of the Apostles. And often, and I know I've done that here before, because the little little nuggets sort of tucked away in the the broad sweep of the story we know, and often they're at the beginning. Um, A classic one, of course, is when Jesus goes... um, into the wilderness and deals with the temptations. Right at the beginning of that passage, it's the Holy Spirit that directs Jesus into that 
um, experience. It wasn't an accident. Because it's near the beginning of the story with the temptations we can forget. Similarly, I think, although you're a much more erudite bunch uh, than I am, that that first verse can easily be glossed over. Let me just remind you. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. That's what was going on. Threats, murder, the disciples of the Lord, not just the apostles. So the followers of Jesus, in other words, were at risk. And we know today that there are church communities in some parts of the world who are at risk of threats and murder. And we need to keep them in our prayers. Now the good news for us, of course, living in this part of the world and in the London Borough of Bromley or thereabouts... There aren't too many threats and not too much murdering going on of the disciples of Jesus. And in some ways, don't get me wrong, that's a pity. Because it means nobody cares about us. Nobody's taken us seriously. Nobody's bothered. So let's not worry about them. And perhaps, um, as I say, it's all well and good. But at a more subtle level, some of you may find it difficult, this idea of sharing the gospel, sharing your experience uh, with others. And nobody blames you for that. But just give thanks that you're not Ananias when you get the call. Oh, by the way, go and visit Saul and heal him. Now, being the Bible... The responses are usually much more polite than we would actually uh, have in real life. I'm sorry to you know, make that judgment on the scriptures. But we can so easily think, um, oh yeah, right. Again, like Mary when the angel Gabriel turns up, it's all very holy-like, isn't it? Can you imagine when Gabriel had gone off? Mary went down the back of the house and probably screamed out. Here Ananias is thinking, well, not me, Lord. We know about him. He's got a piece of paper. He's got authority. But he goes and does it. And because he does it, because he fulfills the Lord's uh, directive, Saul, Paul, becomes a leading, leading follower of Jesus. Setting the example. And what a wonderful patron saint you've got. Someone who's written a number of letters which we use for teaching and inspiration. You look at his life. What a life. God, any one of those episodes would be enough to keep us going for the rest of our lives. And yet he goes through all sorts of ordeals and challenges. And is faithful. Now I'm not asking you to be like Paul. I'm not even asking you to be like Paul. I'm asking you to be you. And in so doing, to remind you that God has blessed you and graced you. And if you're new uh, uh, to the Christian faith, then you can have a slight rest here. I'll be back to get you, don't worry. And those of you who are looking from further afield, just thinking, oh, let's see what's going on in Crofton today um, and, and listening in and Yes, it may be that that journey is uh, yet to be fulfilled in you. Um, And if it's Tuesday, I want to know where you were 
on Sunday, because that's where we've been today. You can't be live worship. I thought I'd just get that in. Um, Because the fellowship of the church, the strengthening of the church, often comes when we are together. Not least to remind ourselves that there are people just like us who are following Jesus. All sorts of conditions, all sorts of scenarios. And we get to know about our brothers and sisters in our church. And they are struggling. And they're new in the faith. And it's having a testing time. But also we learn that actually they're resilient. They're coping. They've got extra grace to give out. And it's not just a self-centred experience we have. And if you're feeling that dryness, that barrenness that Anthea touched on earlier in our reflections, then the Lord can refresh you, will refresh you. But part of our experience as Christians is not just to be self-centred. Not to just look after number one. I'll get myself sorted, get my life together, job done. That may in itself be a tremendous challenge and I appreciate that. But the Christian life is about the other, not just ourselves. And it may be that God is calling you to make that journey, which may not be very far, to help somebody, to bring healing to them so that they can repent and find that grace and that spirit in their lives that God has promised for everyone. Again, I couldn't see who was talking about the list of names, but God wants to bless every one of us. Nobody's outside of God's grace. Nobody has done such terrible things. Look at Paul, for goodness sake. Threats, murder, and all the rest of it. God can turn us around. Repentance is about changing direction. We can do that, but not on our own. We need the scriptures and prayer and the sacraments of the church. We need the support of our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to hear and be reassured that actually God loves me, you. And I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Having made that simple statement, this is where I should stop, and some of you are thinking, you're darn right there, Paul, let's have a look at the old watch, because there's nothing more to be said. Unfortunately, we don't believe that. We think that God actually has two lists, and we're on the naughty boy or girl list because of what we've done, and that somehow his grace, his love is not really going to touch that list, which is so wrong. We sing about God's eternal love, that he's the source of all love, and his mercy knows no bounds. Well, it's true, and therefore, logically speaking, all of us can enjoy that love and that grace and that forgiveness and that peace, which the world cannot give because it's not theirs to give we've been through difficult times there will be more and individually we may have some challenges but God's love for us doesn't change 
It knows no bounds and it's mighty generous. And let me just flip over to the gospel very briefly. In that passage um, from Matthew, uh, you can't blame the disciples. Um, And it's Peter, isn't it? Good old St. Peter. If anyone's going to sort of just jump in, it'll be Peter. And so he says, look, we've left everything. Followed you. What are we going to have? My experience, as I draw to the end of my uh, ministry in ordained ministry, which is about 43 years Good grief. Haven't I worn well? (laughs) It's true. God will bless us. He has blessed me, Jill, my family. And I gave up. I'm not saying this to be heroic. Um, uh, A job in accountancy. Some might say, well, that was a blessing, Paul, wasn't it, really? You know, I could have been earning lots more money and etc. But we've been blessed. We've served the Lord. And my experience is that God always blesses more than you can imagine. And just when you think, oh, it's good. Yeah. And Jill and I were reflecting on that um, only the other day. When we thought things would be difficult or decisions were going to be hard or moving again and again and again but God has blessed us and I would just want to make that point don't worry about that because God's bounty is incredible it doesn't mean we don't have difficult times it doesn't mean that things have to stay the same it means that like Paul who knows what will happen to us And our lives have changed and we have been blessed. And I would say the same for you. We need to put our trust and our faith and that it's a really difficult thing sometimes. But God will bless us in a way that we just can't imagine. So, this coming week, I want you to hold on to two things. Firstly, you have the capacity to bring healing healing to someone you may not need to lay hands on them Uh, you may pray for them you may speak to them a word of encouragement but don't underestimate your capacity to bring someone to Jesus and try to overcome your fears all right just go for it and you could change somebody's life in a way that they've been wanting to be changed And the second thing is, just go with the flow. Don't worry about the implications because God will look after you. I don't want you to be reckless, but I want you to be trusting. Just carry those two thoughts into this coming week and into this coming year. And I just give thanks uh, for you and for this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Paul. And just as Paul returns, and before we sing again, uh, I forgot to announce at the beginning.